Hello, all of you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, Jennifer. <laughs> Yay, glad to be here in your closet. It's a lovely place. <laughs> yeah, so I know, right? So, <laughs> yes, um, Jennifer Berry is here with me, and Jen is my cousin. Yay. So we've known each other since we were four. Yep. And because she, you lived in Sudbury for a while and I lived in Magnetowan yep. and then I finally met you. I remember when I first met you, you were talking so fast. I thought that you were speaking a different language. <laughs> I might have been. <laughs> and then we made up our own language so we could at least be on the same page. Yeah, so we were okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like that you were just like, I have no idea what she's saying. No idea who she is. But like, okay, we'll go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Where are you friends. going? You handed me a Barbie? Cool. <laughs> I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> this is what we're doing. All right. Do you have snacks? <laughs> <laughs> Did you mention that? <laughs> and yes, we're in, uh, we're in my closet this evening <laughs> because Adam Arkins, who is a brilliant mastermind who I got to do a video with today, which was so much fun. Um, he was giving me some suggestions for how to help with the sound and he suggested the closet <laughs> and I was like, Hey, my closet's big enough to fit two people. We've Let's hung out here before. <laughs> we've yeah. Out. yeah. We've actually hung out here before. Yeah. So this is new. <laughs> this is not strange. No, not strange at all. So microphones is, but the rest <laughs> is pretty normal. <laughs> the rest of it's pretty normal. I'm tucked between the, the luggage and my house coat. <laughs> the infamous house coat. The infamous ho co house coat. House coat. Can't say it. But I'm beside a ketchup bottle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a ketchup bottle. Ketchup bottle costume. Yep. And some other things. And some other things. <laughs> Chocolate egg. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't even know what she's referencing. It's this. Oh, for goodness sake. So there might be a chocolate egg around. There might be a chocolate egg in here somewhere. I have kids, too. I'll it's find it. just a life of surprises. <laughs> I like to describe myself like that as well. <laughs> yes. What are you going to get with me? A life full of surprises. <laughs> that is 100% accurate. Um, a couple nights ago, I was doing a, a podcast with Emma. Yeah. And we were talking about puking. And how, <laughs> yeah, how she has a... She has a vomit phobia, and it made me think of a video that Jen sent me. I started laughing in the middle, in the middle of the podcast. It's all dark, and we're just like, <laughs> I just like I couldn't contain myself. I had to talk a little bit about it. The cat, the dog part. The cat throws up. It's just so funny. It's so funny. Oh my god! We're gonna talk about that time when Sean and I ate spam, and I made him puke. <laughs> Funny time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Oh, I beat him. Jen, Jen totally. And she played it up. She was acting like it was just like, it is disgusting. It's like cat food yeah. that's been sitting in the sun for a few hours. <laughs> oh and gosh. when you're eating it out of someone else's hand, it's even grosser. <laughs> like, so did you don't... wash your hands? Right. We don't just do this for fun. Well, we kind of do just do this for fun. But <laughs> <laughs> the reason why this was happening was because we we're doing a survivor. Uh, like a survivor game in uh, Truro with Sean's brother for his birthday. He set up this whole survivor game. And one of the challenges was a food challenge. And and Jen and Sean both had to eat spam. Yeah. Some people got to eat like pickles. I'd, Wasn't there a gummy worm? Yeah. I think I, I think I got the gummy worm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty got, lucky for me. What was the salmon and tomato sauce or something? Yeah. You got no, sardines. sardines. Yep. Disgusting. Sardines and tomato sauce and spam. Yep. I couldn't believe your luck. <laughs> like what? How? How? Ow. There's pickles. There's, there's gummy worms. Gummy but, worm. You know what? Sardines and sardines. spam. Go oh. Jen. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what you were You know what? You crushed it, though. That was awesome. <laughs> and you made Sean throw up. Yeah, so. that was the best part. Yes. <laughs> that was the best part. Although, and then, and then, it was like, but you have to still finish the spam. Why? Tell me again why. He already threw his up, and he's not going to put <laughs> yeah, it back in his he's mouth. He's not going to be eating that. Why Tell do I why I need to finish this hand spam. I already have spam. I don't need any of it. <laughs> My body later was like, so we hate you. <laughs> Remember that spam? Remember that spoonful of hand spam? Well, <laughs> well if you don't remember it, you will now. <laughs> it's going to live in your intestines forever. 
<laughs> Speaking of oh intestines, did everybody know that wombats have cube poop? Look it up now. It's your best party favor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, this this podcast is just gonna go everywhere. <laughs> it's gonna go all over the place. We've already covered spam and wombat poop. <laughs> only the beginning. I have so many and more it's facts. Only the beginning. Okay. <clears throat> Great at parties. Go on. <laughs> Where would you like to start? I don't know. Let's we'll start with some of the depressed stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, when I was three, my mom got a brain tumor. <laughs> I know. And this isn't a joke. This is true. It's it's true. Oh my God, it's not funny at all. No, it's not funny. It's at all. not funny. It's and yet we're laughing life. so well, hard. Know, I think. I think there's a lot to be said if you can laugh through some tears. Grandma always used to say, mm. if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I would rather be truth? laughing. Yeah. 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 Grandma was not a crier. I don't no. get that. No. I only, I think I saw her cry once my entire Your life. Your entire life. I don't know. I don't know if I ever saw her cry. It was terrible. That would be, that would be earth shattering. Well, it was, it was, it was shocking to see somebody that you admire so much and never see them reach that kind of. Uh, like that vulnerable point, you know, when you're kind of, mm. I mean, when you're breaking, when you're crying, you know, yeah. you hit a point and yeah. she, she just, you know, she had a very good way of handling, I would say her frustrations and, and her worries and her anxieties. I think she just, she just had a way. I think she, it was tried and true. She had a way. Yeah. You know, mm. I remember when, um, when grandma, when we found out that she had cancer and was dying, mm. Um, I was talking with her on the phone and I was crying and she wasn't. And like, this is the first time we talked after we learned what was going on. Mm. And I asked her like, how are you, why aren't you crying? And she was just like, yeah, I'm just not a crier. Yeah. Like that's, and that was, yeah. that was it. She didn't yeah. have any big secret. It's just that she's just not a crier. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, Which, you that's know what? awesome. I am a crier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember her being like, I remember her saying to me, Jenny, promise me you're not going to cry when I'm gone. And I was like, you know I'm a crier. <laughs> yeah, like, don't ask me silly happen. questions. Yeah, like, no, don't ask me to do something that's so fair. silly. It's not going to happen. Grandma, you funny. You funny. <laughs> you funny old bird, you. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, my goodness. Okay, but um, but you were saying. Oh, yes. Do we want to start at the beginning and just kind of. Yeah, let's just ride out. So Jen has a. Okay, I just I just got to say. Before we start into that, um, Jen is uh, one of the most extraordinary people I know because she's been through the ringer more than once. And she's one of the most kind-hearted and lovely people that you'll ever meet. And she treats my kids like they're her kids. (laughs) And they love her like a second mother. Hashtag vote Jenny. (laughs) Hashtag vote Jenny. (laughs) And, um, and she's so kind to Sean and I, she's so kind to this family and I'm very proud to say that she is my cousin, that she is family. So thank you. That was nice. I know. (laughs) I can be nice sometimes. (laughs) Ruth saw me fall down the stairs a lot as a child. So she kind of has a soft spot for me. (laughs) You see, when you see a person at their lowest point, So many times. Remember that one time I was so proud of the Christmas decorations. I was like, look, Ruth, see? <laughs> and then you just fell down. It's like a moment of pride followed by a moment of shame. shame. Just so quickly. <laughs> you feeling good? You life feeling knocks good? you down. Life knocks you down. So true, though. <clears throat> well, yeah. And so your life experience can speak to that a little bit. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. yeah. So three. Okay, so. When you were yeah, three. Where did I start? Oh, well, if we would go. If we go all the way back, um, so I was born and things were pretty good because I didn't know what was going on <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I mean, didn't have to pay any rent or anything like that. So it was pretty good for me for a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then, so my dad and mom, you know, they were, they had their own house. They had their own cars. They had university paid off. They had their house paid off. They had, uh, my mom had a government job. My dad owned his own business making um, like school mats and I don't know. I don't know what he did. I was born and uh (laughs) so they had everything pretty much under control the next step was just you know pump some kids out and then (laughs) and then call it a day yeah Yeah. (laughs) then you're an adult you're good to go so uh my dad my dad had a business partner in his own business and 
long story short, his business partner made some not great decisions and took a bunch of money that wasn't his. So my dad had the option of doing the same and running like his business partner did or selling everything and, you know, doing right by everyone else, but doing not so good by yourself and your family. So he sold everything. He sold all the equipment. He sold all our stuff, the drums, like his hobbies, cars. We sold the house. So then we didn't have a home for a bit. And my uncle let us stay in his cottage. So Uncle Carl and yeah. yeah. So he let us stay in his cottage, but it was like a, it was a summer cottage. It wasn't a winter cottage. We, we were there in the winter. Mm. So I would have been three at this point because Chris would have been alive. And then we moved into grandma's house just like as a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we found out mom had cancer. She had a brain tumor. She's having grandma seizures and she, um, it was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. So then, <clears throat> sorry. So then moved into grandma. It was only supposed to be a temporary situation. Then, you know, mom had cancer. Uh, the doctor told her like, okay, you know, she has six months, maybe a year. And, uh, so, you know, you have a couple of options. We can operate on this tumor. We can pop it out. Everything will be good. Uh, we can just leave it. We can do some radiation, some chemotherapy, see what happens. Uh, or, you know, it's going to take her. And so dad was like, well, let's, let's pop that, let's pop that guy out. Sounds like a good deal. So then, so they went in for brain surgery, but it was so bad that even the surgeon who performed brain surgery didn't want to tell my dad the results. So he made an intern uh, go deliver my dad the results because he it was it was one of those things where you know he was making promises he couldn't deliver, and so oh, yeah. yeah, an intern had to tell my dad like she's not going to make it. Um, like get your four year old and your one year old to you know get their stuff in order and and go on. And so, you know, dad did what every, every father would, you know, he wanted to make things good. He wanted us to remember mom. So, you know, we did a lot of things and stuff like that. But I mean, I remember her having seizures. I remember seeing them. I remember just not knowing what was going on and being really confused. And, you know, mom coming home with, after surgery with bandages and stuff on her head and, um, all the changes that she went through, like every, every time she went to the doctor, it was like, well, what are they going to tell us this time? They don't even know. So what do they want us to do this time? We had so many doctors just be like, well, uh, no one's supposed to live this long, so we don't really know what to do. Try this drug on her. Tell us what it does. Try this. Tell us what it does. Oh, how's she doing? But so we went went my whole life, my brother and I, just kind of looking at mom as if she was dying. And I I think that tainted our perspective in a way. When you look at somebody knowing you're going to lose them, it's kind of it's kind of not how we're supposed to look at people in life. Like we're going to lose everybody, but Mm. we're supposed to kind of look at people like, you know, you don't, you don't know, you know, you don't know that they're going to die right away or anything like that. So you do your best. And how we handled that was, or how I guess I personally handled that was I put walls up. It was like, you know, you can't get to know this person. They're going to, they're going to leave you fast and they're going to leave you in a hard way. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a very hard transition for me. Cause I mean, well, you remember mom would go from like, yeah, Ruth can come over. She, that's not a problem to no, I only want our family here mm-hmm. and no, like she would just be cruel. And I don't think she was meaning to, I think she just, it was just being sick, mm-hmm. but she got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. I mean, she was, she was having seizures all the time. She was making wild accusations. She wanted to sell the house. She was putting pins in grandma's underwear she was i don't right. know why pins like I so that's... malicious <laughs> <laughs> i hope you put your undies on you get stuck in the bone <laughs> so Dick such a, like, it's such a i know like what <laughs> it's not funny it's not funny it's not funny <laughs> like, can you imagine putting on your underwear and being like what <laughs> like ow <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> oh yeah, sitting in that would hurt, right? Oh, for goodness' sake! So she did. She did like a couple of crazy things where, like, there <laughs> to say the least, a couple of crazy things. Yeah. yeah, like she she was really obsessed with sex for a while. So I was always pregnant. Chris was always raping people, and and yeah. she was always asking people like weird questions, and she wanted yeah. to know if you were pregnant because it was her way of asking if you were having sex, and mm. it was just it was horrible. And then 
Um, and then she got to having hallucinations and seeing demons and hearing voices and, you know, telling my dad, like, um, she'd wake him up in the middle of the night standing at the edge of his bed and she'd be standing there just kind of, you know, mumbling away to herself and dad would go, what are you, what are you doing, Lynn? Are you okay? And she'd go, well, the demons are telling me that you and Chris have to die. No, just go to bed. Just go, like, but how do you say to somebody like, Ugh. Oh, you know, just, yeah, crawl in bed to, beside me, but uh, if you could just try not to kill me tonight, that'd be great. <laughs> I, would, I would really appreciate that. You asked you me to buy bread me. tomorrow, and I'm not going to be able to do it if you kill me in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you need me! Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, so it was a, it was hard. It was a lot of misunderstanding from community and friends. I remember I wouldn't even tell my friends about mom's brain tumor before. Like, people would be getting off the bus at the end of my drive, and I'd be like, oh, uh, I think we're having craft dinner tonight. Oh, by the way, my mom has a brain tumor. Come on up. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. The bus has dropped you off. <laughs> oh Welcome to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we grew up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Maple syrup in our backyard. Yeah, Bears. Yeah. 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 All of it. All of it. Yeah. So then, so then I would say the end of high school, I got pretty depressed and things didn't make a lot of sense to me and uh it was a lot of people just kind of being like well you know your mom's sick you can't be mad or your mom's sick you can't feel like that your mom's sick you can't react and mm. it was just like you're not allowed to feel as long as someone else is worse than you and it's just yeah. like okay but there's always going to be someone else worse there's always going to be someone else better hmm. so then where do I get to fit in my emotions and my feelings and my thoughts if I have to, if I have to live my feelings and thoughts and everything according to everyone else in comparison, it was just like, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. And I got very, very depressed. Um, how I started to deal with that was self-harm. Mm -hmm. I made a deal, I was really religious, and I made a deal with God that he could have me or mom. And since he had been taking mom my whole life, I was like, you know, that's a pretty good deal. And I was mm. like, but she, she can't be with me in the same house. That was, that was back when she was like really obsessed with my weight and she'd follow me around and she'd, she'd, you know, say like, remember to suck in, you're getting chubby. Remember? And I was like 110 pounds, maybe 105 yeah, Jen, pounds. Jen, was, like, a, Jen <laughs> was and is a beanpole. So <laughs> like it wasn't very slim. And I mean, I was 17. I didn't, I didn't have a butt. I didn't like there was, I still needed to grow. Like, so there was no, even like, even looking back, I know that I wasn't fat, but no. to have your mother constantly be like, well, yeah. Well, yeah. that dress, you know, you probably shouldn't wear that dress. Cause you know, you tend to slouch and it, you know, your roles pile up and it's just like okay I can't do anything right for you like I can't dust right I can't even make juice right like I just can't do anything so it was just kind of it was it was difficult and it was like you know I thought giving an ultimatum would make it better for everyone and I thought self-harm would make it better for everyone and I thought all these things would kind of make it better for everyone else and it just it didn't. What was it, like, what What aspect of self-harm was it that, like, made you think that it would make it better for other people? What, like, how? Mm. Well, I have a really weird um, connection with it because the first time that I really, I really did it, like, I really went, really went for it. Um, the next day, like, I got a test back, aced it somehow. Uh, my best friend who had been fighting with me for a bit, she came and apologized out of nowhere without me having to speak to her. Mm. Uh, Mom had a good day. There was like there was just a bunch of things that happened, mm. and I was just like, "Wow, it's because it, you know, little little brain of mine was just like, you know, it's because I did this. This this all makes sense. This is this is connected. And mm -hmm. if all those things came together, and all those things." you know, line themselves up perfectly. I didn't even have to do anything. I was like, this is, this is what's working. I was like, I can get out of all my frustration. I can control how I'm feeling. I can, you know, this is something that is real. Like the thing with mom's brain tumor is it's in her head. So you see, you see a person and you know, they don't have a cast on their arm. You know that they can, someone with a cast on their, well, for example, someone who has a cast on their, on their leg, you know, they can't run up the stairs. You're not going to ask them. It's going to take them half an hour. Go get the person sitting down on the chair who doesn't have any cast on anything. Ask them to run upstairs for you. Mm -hmm. And so essentially, like with mom, 
she didn't have a cast on her head. I, there was the bandages when she first had surgery, but like years later, <laughs> <laughs> right? She didn't have anything indicating, you know, outright that she, you know, was sick and she couldn't do things and uh, things like that. So, sorry, <laughs> I'm readjusting. Oh, my knees and are it's hurting. painful. <laughs> We're old. We're old. We yeah. need to get some chairs in here. Well, you know, that would class it up. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I interrupted you. No, that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, but so, it was it's it's hard when you don't see a physical thing and someone tells you that they can't do it because it's a mental thing. Yeah. So you know, you you'd be looking at mom and you'd just be like, Why? Why? Why can't you just do this? Why can't you just say this? Why can't you just be this? Mm-hmm. And it was confusing. And it was just like, this is the one thing where I can look at it and be like, that makes sense. That's real. That's validated. That's, um, it like, it just felt like a good thing. It felt like the one thing that made sense. It was like, you know when you discover one plus one equals two and it's a solid fact and you can't really dispute it? Yeah. It was kind of like that. Whereas okay. everything else in my life was, you know, you have three balls, but three, but two of them are red. And uh, if the other one is yellow, how much is it going to weigh if you throw it up and, like... I don't, this, none of this makes sense. <laughs> right. Nobody was giving me a manual. Nothing, nothing was right. So it was just like, this is the one thing that makes sense. And uh, it was kind of used as like a buffer to stop myself from killing myself. It was, it was mm-hmm. like, a, like when the pot is boiling over, you take a few things out to just kind of, or you blow on the top of it. It's still boiling. It's still going to boil over. But, like, you blow yourself a few seconds. And essentially that's all that was for me. It was just I was blowing on my life to make it. I had um, I had a date set in high school. It was going to be right after high school graduation because I wanted my parents to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of sad. But um, it was going to be right after high school graduation. And so about, was it a month? or a month and a half before my friend found out that I was hurting myself, but didn't know, uh, like didn't know all the things. And so she went to my high school counselor and they called me into the office and essentially held a little intervention for me, which I didn't realize what was going to go on. Mm -hmm. And then, so the school got involved. And so I was seeing uh, a school counselor twice a week and an outside counselor once or twice a week. I had to check in with two different people a couple times a week and teachers and stuff were really on me. And I think, I mean, it was for the best because they convinced me not to kill myself at the end of June. So it worked, but mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of like the, like the beginning of, uh, like of a counseling journey. I've had many counselors who have been with me for different parts of my crazy life and stuff like that. So, so there was that. Then after high school, I, I just, I just went all out. I got married really young. I moved Mm -hmm. away. I Mm -hmm. went to university. Uh, my now ex, (laughs) he got a brain tumor six months in. So that was also fun because we were, you know, in a completely different province with no family and, no car, no money, everything like that. So it was, it was really hard. It was really, it was one of those things though, where I was just like, you know, at least I understand where my dad's coming from as a spousal thing. Like at least he has one other person in his world who understands, uh, how he was feeling and the, the scariness and, you know, you're waiting, you're waiting in an emergency room and you're the first person there and the last person out. And it's just like, it's the worst wait you've ever waited in your entire friggin' life. Like, Hmm. And you have all these people being like, remember, you got to eat, you got to do this. And you're just like, I, j- shut up, go, go away. I'm waiting to find out if uh, my significant other is going to live today. So if you could just yeah. go away, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. So then that he's alive and well, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. FYI, alive he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> and... So, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. that's good. So then I did university, and university, you know, it's hard, and then got divorced, and 
that was heard because it was not very amicable mm. and uh, makes for some very interesting stories as well. We'll skip over those ones. So then she's just for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to do part two. <laughs> when your ex stalks you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you do? What do you do when your ex stalks you? Well, uh, I have a few tips and tricks. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you hang around with a lot of skunks and you just throw them all the time. <laughs> you just throw skunks. You, you just train like, them. An you, army. you train them. <laughs> this is like this is just a little taste of how where Jen's head goes. How Jen <laughs> thinks. It's you can't follow it. <laughs> no, you can't. You can never predict what Jen is gonna say. But it's like a little roller coaster. It's like a fun story time. You know, the choose your own adventures. That's. <laughs> Jen is a choose-your-own-adventure walking around. That's what she is. Only you don't get a choice. You just have to ride. You're like, oh, wait, go back to 62. Go back to 62. Wrong decision. Actually, yeah. Yeah. I've been there a few times. What is Jen? A magic eight ball? Uh, Shake it up with she today. (laughs) What's going to happen? Okay, but true, though. Nothing predictable. I don't know. Yeah, no, so then, oh, man, so then what has happened? Oh, so then I came over to Nova Scotia from Charlottetown. Mm-hmm. Um, still was trying to handle divorce and get a job. I think I had I, I had a little less than $200 to my name, mm. which, if anybody knows, uh, it's really hard to buy groceries and rent and pay your phone and stuff with less than $200 for four months. Right. <laughs> so it was a little bit hard. A little bit uh, hard, yeah, yeah. Times were rough. Mm. So, got a job serving, also serving, that's a restaurant, blog, podcast, all for its own. <laughs> I got stories for that, too. Ugh. So then, uh, was serving, got into another relationship, uh, things got a little too serious, and I ended up having to have uh, emergency surgery, and that was pretty terrible. It, I, I personally, physically, mentally... All of it was just pretty terrible. And then I had to try and recover and go back to serving where I wasn't allowed to walk or lift things, which is impossible when you're serving. Uh, Literally, your only job is walking and lifting. Mm -hmm. So would you mind telling us why you needed to have emergency surgery? You don't have to. Yeah. I mean, not everyone in my life knows. Okay. And it's, it's like it's... It's hard because it was a lot of emotion for me, mm-hmm. and I had, you know, some loved ones say, like, you know, well, can't can't you do anything? Can't you? And it was just like, no. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. So, I, so I, I lost a baby, mm-hmm. and it was really painful. And then having to recover and not getting support, feeling like I had to lie, feeling shame and and just like bad, <laughs> bad over it all. You know, like I haven't told my dad even and I was dying. He only found out a couple Christmases ago that I was dying and mm-hmm. that it was so serious and so serious. You, you know, you know, it's serious when the hospital is just like, you know what, sweetie, we don't need your information. Just come along. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it was, it was, it was tough and I felt alone and I didn't know if I would ever be able to connect with kids. I didn't, your kids, I, it was when you were having Owen and I was like, what if I project all of my sadness onto Ruth and her baby and Owen and I never connect with him and I, you know, can't even look at him and like, what, what if I, you know, can't maintain these relationships with my family members because I lost, I lost this baby and I can't. You know, I can't make sense of everything. Like, what if I just, what if I just can't? What if I just stop emotionally? What if I just, what if I'm just done? And so it was kind of like, I don't know. It was, it was, it was just, I mean, it's something I still struggle with. It's still something that I'm wrestling with and stuff like that. And then that same year, my dog died at Christmas and then the year after that, I was dumped. Month after that, my mom died. Christmas that same year, Grandma was diagnosed with cancer. 
couple months later, I went home to take care of her, and then a couple weeks after that, she was gone, and then a couple months after that, my Aunt Pat died, and it was just like, it just seemed like thing after thing after thing after thing. It was just like, you know, every couple of months, something big was happening, and something horrible was happening, and, you know, it was like, I still can't even lie on my right side because of my surgery, and yet here's all these people dying, and I'm still grieving this baby that never even happened and you know it was it was a rough couple of years mm -hmm. it was a real rough couple of years and like it's it's hard to get into um all the emotion and stuff behind it because yeah. like and and I mean in all that time, too, like, I was still self-harming. So my self-harm journey took me from 2004 till 2015. Wow. Yeah, and then, yeah, it was a month. So I got dumped and I self-harmed, and then a month later, Mom died. And it was supposed to all come around with her. It was supposed to, it was supposed to end with her. It was going to be, like, my final thing, and it was going to be... It was going to be a goodbye, I guess, in a sense. And, and I didn't do it, and I don't understand why yet like I've still I've had to go to counseling twice just trying to convince myself not to random times but mm -hmm. like the one thing that was supposed to come full circle and I didn't and I didn't do it yeah. so I don't know maybe there's just too much other things going on <laughs> I don't know but it was it was hard and I mean it almost kind of feels like years later like now that it's been I don't know how long and things have been kind of milding out is that a word that's not a word yeah we'll make it a word. i'm an english major milding is now a word <laughs> there you go <laughs> i'm glad i paid for that <laughs> would you like fries with that um would yeah so like <laughs> yeah so now that everything is kind of you know relaxing itself a bit it's almost as if it's all kind of catching up and it kind of just feels like out of nowhere sometimes you'll get this overwhelming wave mm -hmm. and it's it's strange because it's just like, you know, I went through harder things and now the littlest thing is going to make me relapse after three, three and a half years. Like, no, I don't think so. And mm. it's just, wow, I, I just burped. Do you think I got that? I don't think. I don't okay. think I got that. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, if it did. <laughs> I just burped. Do you think I got that? <laughs> it's all not all coming back but a lot of the issues that I wish were buried and gone are still coming up and it almost feels like a wall in between the person that I am and the person that I want to be because hmm. it's like all these things it's like a wall of fear all these things holding you back from being vulnerable or being emotional or like letting yourself love or letting yourself feel or think or anything really and it's 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 hard to still kind of wrestle with that stuff or you know someone will say like or you'll mention something you know oh yeah mom this or grandma that and they'll be like oh yeah didn't they die years ago though and you're just like oh I hate that thanks that oh my goodness I, I grief hate shaming that. grief yeah. shaming grief shaming is a thing it's and a it's, thing yeah and I didn't and know it, it was a thing I didn't either until I until I heard, learned about it on a pod, another podcast I was listening uh -huh. to, uh -huh. and it totally makes sense when they're like, "Yeah, but they were old." Like you know, when Grandma died and I was upset about it, I actually had more than one person say, "Yeah, but she was old." Yeah, it's just like, it yeah, doesn't change the relationship that I had with her. No, I had some people be like, "Well, I lost my grandma too." It's like, "Well, that's good." Did you lose your mom, your grandma, your dog, your baby? Like, yeah. All within two years? Oh, okay. Sit down. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you seriously. don't need to give me crap about feeling sad. Cause, yeah. Because you felt sad before, too. Like, if anything, that should make you almost more empathetic. You mm -hmm. see a person who has gone through something similar that you've gone through, and you go, how right. <laughs> Leave that person alone. Or help that person this way. Or mm -hmm. something like that. But we have a... We have, I, there is something in society that 
it just, I don't know what it is exactly, but it's almost like an, a collective agreement that the uncomfortable things, like, even if you think you're being supportive, it's just, oh, you're sad. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Like, mm. well, like, okay. That's, that's like fine. It, it is a big deal. And yeah. you just don't really, I know, I know that Validation. bugs me. That totally bugs me. And yeah. another thing that bugs me, and, and the thing is, I've said it before. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, is like, uh, they're in a better place now. Yeah. They're okay now. And it's just kind of like, I wish I could go back to myself in the past and slap me in the face. Yeah. Because it's like, well, of course they're okay, but I'm not. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's the thing. And like, I don't even care if it sounds selfish. It's, it's the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've said it a couple times, but it's, it almost kind of felt like when someone shoots you in the leg and you're bleeding out from this gunshot wound and someone else turns to you and goes, oh, you won't even remember it in five years though. Well, great, but I not I might not make it to five years if we don't take me to the hospital and I bleed out. Like, let's think about this just a little bit further. But it stands true, though. Yeah, it stands true, though. The pain in the moment is still real pain, whether or not you'll feel it in five years, whether or not it'll feel the same in five years or five minutes or five days, five. I don't know why five, but like it doesn't it doesn't matter. It, I used to say the same thing when people would say stuff about mom to me and they just say, oh, well, you know, she's sick. Well, yeah, okay. So what that sounds like to me is friendly fire. Like, yeah, mm. that's my mom. But if my mom still shoots me in the leg, do I just go, okay, well, I can bleed out because she's sick and she didn't know what she was doing. Or do we also just take me to the hospital and stitch up my leg? Mm-hmm. Does it matter that she's at fault or not at fault? No. What matters is that I'm bleeding. Mm-hmm. And I had so many people... I mean, through so many different experiences, just say, well, like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Losing a baby. Oh, but did you think about him and how he would feel? Maybe that's why he doesn't want to talk about it. Like, okay, that's great. But what about me? Or, you know, like, oh, you know, they, they are in a better place now. Well, okay, what about me? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's always kind of like a, like a selfish shame. Like yeah. they're trying to shame you for being selfish when it's not selfish. No, you're in pain. Yeah. And that pain should be acknowledged and dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I uh, I know we're just so used to, it seems like we've just gotten so used to trying to sweep away the pain. Yeah. Because like, it's uncomfortable. We, it's uncomfortable and yeah. we don't want to sit in the discomfort of pain. So we try to ignore it. And when other people bring up their pain then we, because we are so inexperienced with it, we don't want to talk about it. And so yeah. we tell them to do the same thing. Yeah. Just sweep it away. Basically. Just put it under the rug. But like, it's but not going to help. It's, no, it doesn't help at all. No. And it makes it worse. It makes it way worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I find. Because then you're still, you're still dragging this stuff down the road years later. And mm-hmm. it's almost as if it's heavier because you've dragged it through so much crap by now. And yeah. it's, I mean, at that point... Yeah. Why are you still carrying it? Do you want to? Probably not. But you feel like you have to because where do you put it? We don't know because we as a society don't have a place to put things. We want it in a box, in a way, and not dealt with because that's what's easier. That's the quicker, easiest response. Yeah. And so it's it's frustrating. And I think that works a lot towards um, like validation, validating your thoughts and feelings is is kind of important yeah (laughs) right and like and the other thing is like that I've uh thought a lot about I've had discussions with people about Mm. is like talking about feelings Mm -hmm. like you know when you feel something it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that it is true but the feeling itself it is there and it so it does need to be addressed yeah you don't necessarily need to handle it like it's something that's true. Yeah. But you do need to handle it because it's a feeling and it's real. Yeah. And for that reason, like, it's it's okay to guide feelings to a different place. I mean, wh- for example, like, when a kid is upset over the most ridiculous thing, like, Owen, we don't have purple ice cubes. You're going to have to go to bed without them tonight. <laughs> and, like, yeah, that's my youngest. He has... Uh, was he and he was blaming was he blaming Josh 
Jen's boyfriend for eating all the purple ice cubes. I don't know where yeah. I don't know where he thought. I told him. I oh, said, well, of course. <laughs> I was like, Josh ate them all. We got to go to bed. Come on. <laughs> anyway, okay. Sorry, I took I took us yeah. I took us away from the point. No, but I mean, like it. He's upset because he wants purple ice cubes. Purple mm-hmm. ice cubes don't exist. But he's still upset. It doesn't matter that the purple ice cubes don't exist. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, they they could exist. But I mean, <laughs> they probably the point exist is, somewhere out there, but not in this house. Nobody tell Owen if they do. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> I've already been kind of a jerk about it. <laughs> We're, we're, we're too far. Um, <laughs> but, like, that that is the point, though. It doesn't matter if the purple ice cubes are real. It doesn't matter if they're actually green and he thinks that they're purple. The point is he's upset because he wants purple ice cubes and he doesn't have them. So you don't <laughs> yell at him and get mad at him for purple ice cubes not existing. You just guide <laughs> the feeling somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll make purple ice cubes. Just go to bed for now. <laughs> just go to bed. <laughs> That's how, that's how things get at the end of the day. No, like, please, just just go to bed. I will do anything. I will do anything tomorrow. Please, just right now, go to bed. Yes, go ahead. Put every vacuum you own in bed with you. In we'll tech them you. in. I don't even care. <laughs> sure. Owen also has a vacuum obsession. <laughs> yeah, the the little bopper one smoked me in the head tonight. <laughs> Jen, just, just rough. I was oh. like, oh, this is going to come back later. <laughs> It hurt. <laughs> yeah. 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 <coughs> Getting smacked yeah. in the head with a vacuum. I'm sure that would really hurt. I mean, I think he was making a point. I just don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> he knocked it right out of your head. Literally right out of my yeah. head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jen, like, I feel like we could... I feel like we're just getting started. Like, it's... Yeah. I don't know how... I'm going to just check to see how long we've been... Uh, going for oh thank you very much password skills oh man i have insane password skills yeah it's called being a mom (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we probably could go on forever really we could go on forever like um you have so many stories like we like we are barely getting started and um yeah so many things that you've lived through and survived and i don't know how (laughs) And <laughs> me neither. Like, is there anything that kind of goes through your head like that helps you just stay? I mean, like in life in general? Well, I mean, you've t- you said that you've had times that you were going to that you were thinking of ending it. Oh, yeah. Taking and your life. Like what made you not? Like, I mean, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm- the times when I was that low were like, there is just, there is just nothing. It's like when everything is gray and colors taken out of your world, you're not going to miss it. There's nothing you're missing. Hmm. So there's nothing to stay for exactly. I, a couple of times I had people beg me a couple of times, you know, I've, it's funny when you get in your low, 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 low moments what what pops into your mind like there have been times when zoe has popped into my mind where you know she said i think she was one or two mm-hmm. and she noticed my scars and she was just like that looks like it hurts mm-hmm. and then i remember just thinking like oh man no no more of this none you're done zoe is one of your best friends and we steal cookies together and (laughs) when you steal cookies with someone you're best friends for life (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) yeah no so it's it it's it's weird like I wish it were some profound big life meaning thing but it's the most random things one time it was because nobody was home to feed my cat and I just thought that's pretty crappy person of me to not feed my cat, and so I was like, okay, we'll feed the cat, and then figure out if maybe somebody can take them, and then, you know, I got myself distracted on figuring out who could take my stuff, and who could take care of my cat, and who would deliver this message to whom, and and stuff like that, and then distracted me enough not to do it. It was, it's, I wish I had, a, I wish I had something better, but it's been so different so many times, where it's just, 
I mean, I've even reached points where it's just been like, you know what? I give up on giving up. I don't care. Just just keep on going. You'll get there eventually. Hmm. And it's just there's there's all kinds. And I mean, I've I've had days where counselors have told me like, just find one good thing in your day. You don't even need three. Just find one good thing. And that one good thing that held me through an entire day was a flower. Picked a flower, thought it was the prettiest flower in the day. And that was it. Everything mm. else that day went terrible. It was like one of those days where your keys get locked in the door. <laughs> your, your backpack gets stuck on your doorknob, so you haven't even made it up the steps yet. And you've already <laughs> landed on your butt twice. Like, you know, it's just one of those days where life just seems to kind of fight you. Mm. But you just have one thing. If you have one thing that you're holding on to, no matter how small and pathetic, because you want to see the sunrise the next day, maybe the, cl- maybe the clouds are going to look like cotton candy. You don't know. Maybe that's worth holding on for. Hmm. And, like, it doesn't need to be big. It doesn't need to be profound. It's <laughs> just, you know, sometimes what you hold on for is it'll be different tomorrow. Wow. And sometimes even when it isn't different tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the next day and you think this is just going to be my life for forever. Somehow, somehow it's just not. Somehow you reach a point where you can. You can live and you can love and you can go. And I mean, it's not easy. You have to fight for yourself, but it's possible. (laughs) You've shown us that it is. I'd like to think that's what I, I'd like to think that wombat poop things and <laughs> that I've got things to offer people. <laughs> You've got lots to offer people. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next one to find out what kind of poop a bunny makes. <laughs> it's not that exciting. It's just round. It's just round. Yeah. I remember once I saw a bunny that uh, its poop looked like a bunch of grapes. That seems like a big poop for a little butthole. Yeah. But I guess it was just, they all kind of stuck together. I can't I believe we're talking about, about poop on my podcast. <laughs> I can. I can't. I, <laughs> I heard about a bunny that was so constipated. The vet bill was over two grand. It was what? one poop. Yeah. You know how they have like pile of little bloop, 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 bloop ones? Yeah. Nope. Just a big one. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! This is another thing that our family does. Just for the record, we it always, always comes back to poop. Uh, yeah, we're we have a lot of poop humor. To be fair, Ruth's kids poop, so they poop. Yeah, yeah, on Jen. Yeah, uh, Owen. No, Owen did poop on my leg the other day. I like Zoe. She had remember that was a diarrhea. Yeah. Remember at the lake? Yeah, and I had to wash myself nasty. off. Nobody wanted to help me. It was disgusting. That's why I wouldn't have helped me either. But <laughs> so it was colicky, and I was holding her, was and then everybody yeah. passed her around, and nobody could get her to stop crying. So finally, by the time she got to me, she was exhausted, and so I put her to sleep. And then she pooed everywhere. I didn't even know that much liquid could come out of a human being, let alone a baby. It was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was everywhere. She it can be described. Her outfit. It yeah, was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I was at the beach, so I just like waded into the water and held Zoe up, and was like, "All right, <laughs> poop, come on down." <laughs> And then Jackson projectile poops on me the first time I ever decided to change a diaper. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that, that was, was very good. I was like, Ruth, why is his butthole doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Exploded all over you. I was like, wow, I didn't know it could shoot like that. I always thought it was a little bit more clumpy. I don't know. <laughs> well, you never know until you experience it. Yep. And then Owen. Yeah, anyway, so this podcast turned from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let's get back on track. Um, <laughs> One question that I like to ask everybody Mm. is, what does it look like to you to be mentally healthy? To be mentally healthy? Hmm. That's actually a really good question. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, So for me, I've started this high-performance journal thing Mm -hmm. where it kind of brings uh, attention and focus to kind of questions like that. Not quite the same, but like... um, what was your focus of the day? What was your intent? Did you... I think I have it downstairs. I should have brought it. Um, but to be a mentally healthy person, for me, that looks like... It just, It looks very simple. Where you're just kind of easy happy. You're uh, not overwhelmed. 
easy. You know, somebody throws something your way, you can kind of handle it. It's, hmm. it's wanting to, wanting to reach out to people, wanting to talk to people, wanting, uh, to do things, wanting to further myself. It's, you know, it's wanting to invest in life, not just in my own life. Well, definitely in my life, but not just my own life, but other people's lives. It's wanting, it's having a kind of thirst, a kind of hunger for, um, for more, for life. And to me, that's mentally healthy. It's, hmm. you know, rounding it out. That's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wombat poop. It's not, yeah, it's no wombat poop, but <laughs> it will do. <laughs> That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> Man. Okay, um, was there anything else that you were kind of wanting to, like, cover? Anything else that you were hoping to talk about? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's lots of... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's lots. <laughs> I mean, we, talk, we did a lot. Yeah, I feel like we kind of plowed through quite a bit of stuff. Like, yeah. we just really plowed through a lot. <laughs> a lot, yeah, a like, lot of stuff. Noted. We're like, so three years old. <laughs> then yeah. all of a sudden I was 14. And then, yeah. And then we managed to cover <laughs> spam and wombat poop and... <laughs> Did we cover vacuums? Sorry, Owen. I think, uh, oh yeah, I, I think we briefly touched on vacuums. Just to give the listeners uh, an idea of, of that, I think I kind of mentioned it, but like like Owen. So I'm, I'm going to say our youngest just because Jen helps raise, like, helps raise him too. Um, is, he is obsessed with vacuums to the point where we go out, he sees random people and he says, do you have a vacuum? <laughs> And that's like that's the first thing that he says, and I it's it's cute but exhausting. And anyway, he's obsessed with vacuums. So yeah. we, when we make vacuum jokes, that's what that's about. It's coming from a good place. It's coming from a good place. <laughs> it's coming out of love for <laughs> Owen. <laughs> How uh, can you not? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So there, we covered vacuums as well. <laughs> Owen will be happy. He will be happy. Yeah. This is <laughs> this podcast is now appropriate for him to listen to. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. This podcast in the closet brought to you by... <laughs> brought to you by Hoover. <laughs> Hi, Dyson. We'd like to be sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Maybe throw a little cash this way. That'd be great. Thank or you. Or even just a Dyson vacuum. Two would be great. Yeah, two. That'd be cool. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I think... Right. Focus, focus, focus. Okay. Jen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on here, for pouring out your heart, for like opening up your life mm. to us. Like that's an incredible story that you have. And I know that we were barely getting started and now it's coming to the end. <laughs> but well, I think that a second, a second go at this is in order. Yeah, we can do that. Cool. And hopefully we'll be able to um, keep people in on some of the inside jokes that we kind of mutter and... <laughs> Yeah, I do. The quick that. talk that we do and all that kind of thing. I hope everyone was I hope everyone was able to hang on through that. I feel like that was a bit of a ride. Now everyone but has totally. so many poop facts though. So like Right? Right. So it'll be fine. It'll yep. be fine. Exactly. All right. Well, everybody, thank you. Have a great night, morning, afternoon, evening. I said that differently than I say it usually. Is that your sign off? I guess kind of. It's becoming a bit of my sign off. I like it. Oh, thanks. Give kisses. Oh. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye-bye.